I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Oi, the boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Listening to Footy Prime News and Such, your one-stop destination for footy news and such. Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. Yeah, it's Footy Prime, the podcast news and such. Friday, I'm Shams. Uh, Dubs is here. Wong is here. Craig's here. Jimmy's here. Hello, everyone. How you doing? Friday. It's Friday, isn't it? Yeah. How do you feel, Shams? You, know, <laughs> you look like you just worked out. Yeah, you look, <laughs> you look particularly protein shaky. What do you say I look? Um, what do you say I look a little buff? Would that no. be what, what it no, is? Yeah. No, I wouldn't say that at all. Oh well, comparatively, comparatively that you at before Christmas when your buttons were popping, like Jimmy said, Sportsnet. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, that's then, what that's what inspired me when when the, the button almost popped on Sportsnet set, and Jimmy goes, "What the hell was that?" It's like okay, someone's got to make changes to his life. But that wasn't a button fly. That was your shirt, right? It was a shirt. Oh, thank button God. Button fly. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, yeah right. So, yeah, if, 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 only, Amy, on TV. if only that was an issue. You could Jesus. see the stress in the threads. And Forrest <laughs> and I were looking at each other, and I went, I'm in line to get this right in the face if this thing pops. God. Just just so the, the, the audience understand what these idiots are on about, yeah, I happen to be protein. drinking a brown drink, so a protein shake, and therefore that's really funny. What the hell are you drinking a protein shake for, you fat bastard? There's that's no sponsorship kind of opportunities by like holding up your brown drink, by the way. You've got <laughs> to talk it up a bit more than that. Usually Jimmy's in a glass of wine this time in the morning, so hey, it beats that, doesn't it? Yeah. All right, um, so listen... Lots to get to today. We'll get to footy picks later on today. But uh, it's been a long week, as we know, for Canadian soccer. The fight's ongoing. Um, last night in Orlando, a, a flat-looking Canada lost to the U.S. in the She Believes Cup. Sunday, it's Brazil. Then Wednesday, I think it is, it's against Japan. Um, but we have a guest today, everyone. One of the, the long-time faces of Canadian soccer. Not to age her, 
Of course, not <laughs> doing that. She's an Olympic bronze medalist. She's an Olympic gold medalist. NWSL veteran with Houston Dash, a former teammate of Amy Walsh. Stories. Yeah. <laughs> Her name is Sophie Schmidt. Sophie, welcome to Footy Prime for the first time. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. What was it like having Amy as a teammate? Yes, tell us all. <laughs> That's please. the first question. Of course it is. All the dirt. <laughs> Amy was amazing. Oh, um, boo. <laughs> she, <laughs> I was absolutely terrified of her on the field, though. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> was it a passing? We're <laughs> <laughs> terrified of her also now. true oh my gosh no feared for my limbs um no but she's great we were just actually just talking about little britain and how you and d would always watch it and just yeah just cultural culturally expanded my horizons for sure little yeah, britain no. the best love little britain what a great show that love was it. so offensive it was brilliant. How'd you get up there? <laughs> Andy, Andy. Come Computer down. says no. Computer says no. <laughs> Anyone? Dust. Anyone? Dust. You know what that they've, uh, Matt Lucas and, and David Williams say they'll never um, do that again. They've actually, you can't find those shows anymore because they said that they went too far. It was too offensive. And it's been, it's kind of like, ah, it's comedy, right? Yeah. I mean, hey, listen, nothing offends me. I'm a, I'm a middle-aged straight white guy. Nothing offends me, right? So maybe I'm the wrong person to talk about it, but it, I thought it was very funny, as did yeah. Amy, apparently, and Sophie. I did, yeah. <laughs> what are you no, into now, Soph? What are you binging? Oh, I don't know. I'm more into the – I'm trying to read. Um, Below deck? Uh, <laughs> Below deck. You know what? Our oh, team, no. the shows that they're into, Fantasy Island, like that's all I hear everyone talk about. I just, oh, I just can't get into it. I'm sorry, but no. We're having some below deck issues here on the, on, on the podcast. Jimmy is beyond <laughs> addicted. I'm, I'm pretty close yeah. myself. Craig is yet to discover it, but he will. And Amy and Wong are, are not far behind. It's, uh, it's an incredible show. And we'll, we'll break it down in, in future podcasts, I'm sure. I want to get to one thing, though, Sophie. Uh, we're just talking off air here with, with Amy. And she mentioned that in the offseason, you actually completed an Ironman. Yeah. What the hell were you thinking? <laughs> I wasn't thinking, is this? <laughs> um, no, I just went through some crazy life stuff last year, uh, halfway through the season. And I was like, you know what? I need to do something for me. And so I signed up for an Ironman and then I looked up at the distances that are involved and I was like, oh, okay. And then I already paid the whatever, almost $900 that it cost. <laughs> you, to paid, sign up for- you paid before you knew the distances? You paid to oh, punish yourself. Yeah, I had, like, I had like a rough idea and I was like, you know what, I just, I'm just going to do it. And then, yeah, I didn't even really train because I was in season. I had no opportunity to. I just made sure I swam well enough that I could not drowned and then (laughs) i figured the run i should be okay at the bike i found myself a bike and yeah i just went after it it wasn't a little push bike with a basket though was it oh my gosh that probably would have been probably more comfortable than the bike i was on but no (laughs) was there any point in the race where you just went what the fuck am i doing right now yeah before the race started The water was 15 degrees. That's like an ice bath for an hour, 40 minutes. It took me to to swim. Like the transition alone was 30 minutes because I couldn't 
put on my socks. My hands were frozen. Oh I was like, volunteer, can you help me? Like, help, please. <laughs> yeah, but then the run, the run got me at the end of the day. I was just like, first half of the marathon crushed it. Second half, Chappie was there in Arizona with me and I found her and I was like, why did I do this? I'm miserable. I want to quit, but I can't because I'm never doing another one ever again. So I have to finish. <laughs> oh my God. So tell people what the distances are. So okay. if they're unfamiliar. Okay, so I think... The, the swim is 3.8 kilometers. Uh, the bike is 180 kilometers. And then you finish with the marathon, which I don't even know the distance. I don't want to know. Just the word marathon is frightening enough. I just have to make the comment, Sophie. Um, when I do something for myself, I buy a big screen television. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, I know, buys a keg of beer with his brothers. Craig sleeps with his cats. Like when you do something for yourself, it's all another. Like, yeah, crazy. that's a little crazy. You know what? To each their own. That's yes, true. I agree. But afterwards, I felt amazing, and I was like, "Wow, I can't just believe I did that." So, had you check, done tri- check that off the bucket list? Had you done a triathlon before? No. No, not even a regular triathlon. Nope. I haven't even run half a marathon. I don't bike. Um, wow. <laughs> <I> casually <laughs> swim. <laughs> That's crazy. And she threw the $900,000 in already before any of this. Oh, not $900,000. Just oh, $900, sorry. I said $1,000. Oh, that's some race, Dan. <laughs> She's still running it. Yeah. If you win it. She believes cup is part of it. So oh, there's, there's nothing in your contract with a dash saying, do not do not go skydiving, do not go skiing, do not do an Ironman triathlon. Nothing um, there like that. I think it says do not do any dangerous activities. So um, it doesn't so word for word say Ironman. So yeah. I... You know, took some liberties. Yeah, but feel free to do a 180-kilometer bike ride. That is crazy. So now, mm. wait, did you take time to recover? Like, I mean, which was camp soon after? When was this exactly in the off-season? This was um, four days after our Brazil camp um, with the national team. So season had finished. I had enough time to jump in a car and drive to Arizona, do the Ironman. I think – the day after I was hurting a bit, my knee and my ankle were like, why'd we just do that? And then <laughs> the day after that, I felt great. I spent a week and a half in Arizona just driving, hiking, seeing all there is to see. So, yeah, probably not anyone else's recovery plan post Ironman, but That's yeah. crazy. So lots of introspection, I imagine, then. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that yes. Yeah. But the, the big picture there is so like, what can't you do? Right? Like you, you've announced that you're going to retire after the World Cup, right? So, like, what's on the horizon for you? Well, retiring from international soccer. So, I'll keep right. playing, I'll be keep playing club. Um, but I think that'll give me an opportunity to explore avenues of what I do want to do after is coaching something I want to do potentially. I've never coached before. Um, I am quite a, quite a creative. Uh, so that's also a possibility to go in a direction completely away from soccer. Um, but my intention is definitely to get back to the game in some capacity, but I just don't know, don't know how I feel like I've been so in the game for so long. I just, I, I just don't even know what the possibilities are outside of it, but I'm excited. Isn't your play. shirt though? And what you wore, uh, or what you're wearing right now. And I have one too, that says invest in women. So like that whole website, when merch continues to be unavailable via the Federation, <laughs> via Fanatics, right? Yeah. I wish I could buy Sophie Schmidt jerseys for my kids, but I can't. 
So, but in the meantime, channeling your creative side, you made a whole website, right? Are you and a few other teammates, right? Yeah. I designed all the graphics for all the shirts that were sold. Um, we only have a couple of players on there, but yeah, I, I love drawing. I love anything that, yeah. And, and the beauty of that is it's, it's giving back to the game, to the girls, to the team. Um, and so there's the multi multifaceted, like it's not just for myself. It's, it's doing things for others that I love as well. Is there anything you don't do very well? <laughs> yeah, you son of a bitch. <laughs> um, well, reading, writing, I would say I'm an ESL, so I struggle with those things. I think academic academics are not my strength, that's for sure. Could you get in a boardroom maybe and, I don't know, hammer out a deal? Is that, is that possible, please? Working on it. We are working on it. Doing my best. We all have our strengths on the player reps, so... We're pushing. I mean, on that, you know, we, we, we find you've been in the game for a long time, of course. Was, was this always on the horizon, this breaking point, Sophie, do you think? You know, I mean, it's happened. It seems to happen quickly now the last couple of weeks. It's really come to fruition. But was this always at some point going to happen, just happen to be now? Well, Amy knows better than most. Um, we've been in this fight for a long time. Um, CSA is, has been able to, in some capacity, ignore us. Um, quiet our voices for a while and just kind of put up with us, even though we've been, you know, forging the way um, for soccer in Canada for a long time. I think what's definitely helped is the success of the men's program um, and just the the attention that they've brought and also just, yeah, I don't know. I think having them on our side in this fight is is so... I don't think we'd be in it if it weren't for them, to be honest. I think the CSA would have been able to just kind of wrangle a deal, push us aside again. Um, but the men are not putting up with what's happening. It's their budgets that are being cut as well um, and their success. And it just doesn't make sense. And everyone's eyes are on it and they're demanding answers. And so, yeah, it's just, it's, it's so sad that we've been in this fight for so long, but I'm glad we've gotten to a point where it's like, there's no turning back. We can't go backwards on this. And there's, and how things are now, there's no future going forward like this. It's just not, it's not feasible. It's not sustainable. Sophie, is there a, a constant, consistent sort of uh, communication between the two teams, the women and the men? Is this something that is going on behind the scenes? Because I don't see an awful lot posted. I mean, obviously, I'm sure the lawyers have said everybody's got to be quiet about this and stay uh, behind the scenes. But it just doesn't seem that there's enough unity, certainly publicly, between the two teams because it just seems so powerful that if the two teams get together. And, and there's also other teams as well. There's the para team. There's the, the futsal team. There's a beach soccer team. There's, you know, there's a lot of teams. Um, unified is, is going to be a powerful thing moving forward. And also, hasn't, I mean, Nick Bontis told us that, listen, we want to, we're going for equal pay. We're offering it 40%, 40%, 20%. This is what the bonus from the FIFA uh, Men's World Cup. Um, do they get to a point where they say, listen, the lawyers are looking after it. We've offered equal pay. Go and sort this stuff out. Like, I don't, like, what, what is going on? Because the CSA seem on the surface as they want equal pay. Is this the truth or not? Yes. I would say it is the truth. Um, hmm. 
so why why isn't it not? I don't I don't get it. If the CSA are for it, what are the stumbling blocks? I think the stumbling blocks are specifically for our team. Um, also, just the equal performance standards, just the environment and the commitment to that. And I think that it's it's hard because you see everything that the men were given last year for their World Cup. We're not getting the same thing this year. And then next September, we have a qualifying window and it's the Olympics after that. So it's just like we are in this fight for, yes, equal pay, which the CSA has agreed to do. Amazing. Um, which I don't think we also wouldn't have been able to get to without our men's backing. They've supported that with us, which is huge from their part. Um, and it's just, yes, yeah, it's, it's that foresight. Like I, we just, the future looks so bleak as we stand right now and it it needs to change or else we are not going to be in the forefront of the world soccer stage anymore we're not going to be top 10 the men are going to struggle again like Mm -hmm. in our youth systems like it's it's just the whole program it's broken and we are trying to fix it there's only so much we can do as players um but like to your point we are we are united i mean we and for our, like, as far as the men's and the women's teams, you know, our communication, unfortunately, has only really started within the last year. Um, and they and they started their their player union officially. Um, but we are on the same page in terms of what we want. We talk regularly. We have WhatsApp groups. We got get on jump on calls to make sure we're both informed um, on what's going on on both sides. And our legal counsel is also communicating with one another. Um, Unfortunately, we are not talking to some of the other other teams um, that are within within the realm of the association. Unfortunately, that's maybe something to look into moving forward because I think that's beneficial for sure. Um, but yeah, it's just we're in a fight, and yeah. it's gonna it's gonna be okay, and it's gonna work out. I am I'm very hopeful. I think so too. When the narrative gets boiled down to simply a fight for equal pay. That might be what the CBA is about and what you eventually want to obtain to sort of reconcile that difference between the FIFA uh, prize money. But I think the bigger picture and the more important thing in the day-to-day, in the program survival, talking about the women, is the fight for equity. So reconciling those differences between your resources, between your funding your World Cup year versus the men's World Cup year. So that is, to me, is is what gets lost often. The focus becomes equal pay, but it's not just that. It's mm-hmm. it's equity in the resources that are allocated and in your in your treatment, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's like hit the nail with the hammer on the head. You know, it's mm-hmm. that is what we're fighting for, and I think that does get lost a lot in the media. You grab one thing and you run with it, but there's a bigger picture here. We're fighting for so much more, and. It's the standards that, you know, I think that's what kind of like flipped us off um, this camp. We came in and we're like, what, how, like, how is this possible? This is our World Cup year. Our budgets are being cut. The standards aren't the same. We saw what the men saw or what the, what they received last year. And it's just, you know, it's just hard. Mm-hmm. This, the cycles are different. I think the reality is that it's going to be different year to year, but we're asking for the same things to be consistent through the programming to give us the same opportunity to be successful as the men. We're not asking for anything more or less, you know, and it's just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's so hard to understand about that, but yeah. Well, well it's so uh, we, we get it, but 
we, we get it, Sophie, for sure. And, and we're certainly on your side and the player's side because we're former players. But we, we try to get a well-rounded sort of idea and opinion of what's going on. And, and sometimes it's difficult, um, you know, from the outside looking in. You guys are on the inside. So I'm glad that that communication is going between you two and the, and the teams. And that can only bode well in the future. I just hope that it gets solved sooner rather than later. But as we know, uh, I've been retired for like 20 years and, it was shite back when I was playing. It was shite before I joined because all the other guys like John Catliff and all those other, you know, Mitchell and all those guys went through the same thing. Like it was just brutal. So it's a, it's a situation that we hope to get resolved as quickly. And it's glad that uh, to see you at the forefront of all this too. And, and, uh, and the rest of the team, it was great to see the United States and Canada embrace right. sort of at the, uh, at that moment last night, I thought that there was a really special moment for everybody. And I think the public is taking notice, which is only a good thing, I think, because that's part of it. It's been too quiet publicly and they've been able to do whatever they want. That's a great point, though, Craig. And, and, and so, I mean, for most of us, we've really tried our hardest to dislike the US for many years. The arch rival. <laughs> and then last night, it's like, oh, for Christ's sakes, it's, it's difficult now to, to, to dislike them, you know? Um, the solidarity the two teams showed, I mean, that was a pretty powerful image before kickoff. Mm-hmm. Wh- whose idea was that? Uh, it was a bit of a collective. We reached out to the U.S. players. They've been quite vocal in the media supporting us in this. Um, they are the pioneers in this fight and kind of forged the pathway. And so they understand what we're going through and know what it takes. And, you know, they, they are our teammates. A lot of the girls on the team play with them, know them personally. And mm-hmm. we've been in communication with them. And they were like, let's do something. We're doing something for the game. We'll support you. You guys support us. Um, we're in this fight together. So, you know, they're they're... You can still hate them. <laughs> that, that, doesn't, that doesn't need to change. They might just like maybe go like a little notch up on the wrong. But um, yeah, no, it's, it's, you know, we're sisters in football and we get the fight. Um, we've all been through it. And so um, it was amazing for them to do that for us yesterday. It sent such a powerful message. Do you know, you is, know there, is there an argument? Know- oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jimmy. We all we all know what you're, what you're asking for and what you're fighting for. And it's great to see the men's and women's team come together collectively um as one um now with the agreement hopefully it gets done and resolved but at the same time are both parties looking for new leadership as well within the organization or are they content with what's in there right now currently we're frustrated with the leadership that's in there um i think our number one issue is we're asking for transparency we can't move forward in this deal without knowing what we're working with and I think that's the thing that's so frustrating in this in this fight. Um, we want to hold them to good governance. Um, and so we'll see what happens moving forward. But if, yeah, things don't change, something has to change. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so to be clear, to be clear, they haven't yet disclosed the financials that, that you are asking for. That is something I am not allowed to talk about. Okay. Because I mean that would I mean obviously I'm not going to put you in the spot here, but that would change everything if the hard numbers were there in black and white, and either one of you can either demand or they can defend. That would make all. I mean we discussed it on this podcast before, right? The old transparency idea. It's 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 pretty simple, it seems, right? <laughs> right, it, it is okay. Okay, it is. It is okay. Moving on. Keep going, Sharps. Keep going. It is, I mean, I, I, listen. We've discussed this numerous times, you know, and, and yeah. various shows, mm. right? 
Um, not, I'm not going to put you on the spot, but uh, <laughs> no, I'm yeah. asking. So, no, you, you know, as soon as the butt comes in, it's coming. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, yeah. put you on I'm the not spot. asking a question of Sophie here. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that if if one party gave the other party the information they required to have a good conversation discussion that might change everything hypothetically um, if someone were to share some information <laughs> let's just say longer uh, was the negotiation with me um no uh yeah obviously we, we, we'll get there eventually um this april camp you, you said that you're all prepared to strike legally at that point as well um if that happens how would that derail the world cup from a from a footballing standpoint oh it would be awful <laughs> that would be I mean, talk about wanting to set us up for a good World Cup or preparing us properly. That would set us up to fail. Um, We need that camp. As you saw yesterday, there's a gap. You know, there's half the team hasn't been playing. That was our first international game against the U.S. yesterday in three months for the girls that play in the U.S. So um, we need that camp. We need these games. It's pivotal for us to make sure that when we get to that World Cup, we're we're, all all on the same page, like thriving. And it's, it's just so vital, especially against an opponent such as France. Um, yeah, you can't undermine, <laughs> undermine the importance of that camp. And so it's not something that we take lightly. I know that the girls we were talking a lot about, you know, if we do go on, if it just does happen, it gets to that point, like making sure that we know what we're getting ourselves into. And it's, it's, yeah, it's heavy if you think about it, if it, if mm. things aren't resolved at that point. Um, yeah, it's going to be very hard and challenging for this team. You know, again, going back to sort of the U.S. support and, and things like that, and they are our neighbors, but isn't there a case, too, when you, you look at the two nations, there's a m- massive gap, massive gap in, in funding and money um, for preparation money, all these things is is there an argument that if the players take the 80 percent of any of the prize money how is there enough money in the coffers to be able to prepare properly for these events if the money's not there that is a very good question um but yeah i mean that's what that's one thing but i also think it's like how where is all the other money Yes, thank you. <laughs> That's what I was clamoring to say. Why do we have to fund our own programming? It's it's so frustrating to hear some of the arguments that are being thrown around. Which enters the CSB conversation, which you can't talk about. So we appreciate yeah. and respect that. <laughs> so we won't go down that route. Uh, we've done it enough in this podcast anyway, and we'll continue to do so. I think, Wonga, you're laughing. <laughs> and you're also muted right now which is a nice change actually I quite enjoy that I like the uh, muted uh, more sorry, in, in the meantime though so to go back to the preparation question do you not feel say compared to, to 2019 or your other World Cup experiences that with the current squad you guys really with adequate preparation with the right friendlies in place have the, the team and the depth to really make some noise in Australia and New Zealand Absolutely. I mean, we're Olympic champions and we've only added to our roster, I think, and our depth. Um, I told the team, I was like, look, guys, we're in this fight, but I truly believe that we can win the World Cup. Like we need to prepare. I know that our training right now hasn't been ideal, but like, look at us. Like we're top nation. We have some of the best players. We, when we play together 
and are all on the same page, like on any given day, we can beat anyone. And I truly, truly believe that we have the opportunity to be World Cup champions this summer. Um, but I don't think that's the case if we're not prepared. We need what, to put ourselves in that position. What, what do you think you need to be fully prepared going into this? What would it take? Well, camps for sure. Um, do you think but, one, one camp, two camps, you know, well, certain friendlies that you need? What would yeah, it be? I think it's just, well, one, the April camp. We can't miss that. That's like yeah. huge for us. And then I think it's just the little things, just like how we travel, how we're setting ourselves up, the support staff to make sure that we're thriving in every area, like physical, mental, technical, tactical, you know, there's been, but the budget cuts has affected the staffing side of the support that we get on the daily. Um, and just the thing that's really like heart wrenching is the home game. Like how are we not playing at home? How is that? How is there no foresight to plan for that? Like it was no one like, you know what? They're going to the world cup. We should get a home game, home game in there for them. Send them off properly. But, or it's like, if we, if we, if we win the world cup, or are successful. Like we have no more camps in the year and like financially budgeted. Like, yeah, that that's, that's absolutely yeah. shameful. And I don't want to put you on a spot again to sort of vilify the men, but, but can you, will. you, I will, I will do that. <laughs> can you imagine? So if the, the cycles, the world cup cycles, the men versus the women were flip-flopped, if you guys had just finished a world cup in, in Qatar, and then the men now were five months from their own world cup, do you imagine any possible scenario where the same thing would be happening to them? Absolutely not. There's no way. And they would not put up with it. Like, you know the stink that they would stir? Oh, I can't even imagine. I'm glad that they're not in that position. <laughs> yeah, but like, of, it, like, of course, but it just would never happen. The answer and is you no. guys are meant to be grateful for, I mean, that was the, that's the tired old narrative and the trope where even as a professional, as a national team player, you're meant to be grateful for what you're given. And it's, oh. and it's time that that ends, that true equity is really given to, to both these programs, that what the men are given for their preparation, the women are given the exact same thing with, without a second of thought. And it's just so exhausting to me as an outsider. Obviously, I've, I've been there, but to watch you guys yesterday expected to, you know, be able to concentrate on getting a result against the top team in the world. But with all the noise and everything that you guys have to fight for around that at the best of times. And yesterday, obviously, was was one of the, the worst of times. And, and you still managed to, to compete um, even though you came out flat and obviously it wasn't the performance that, that you would have wanted. We, we all know that. There's a March window, right, for the men. That there could is. be a very powerful window if they made some noise and stood up for you and to address these cuts. Do you foresee that happening? Uh, potentially. I can't speak on behalf of the men and their plans. Um, but... Yeah, I know that they're behind us and support us, and they're in these negotiation talks as well. So, mm-hmm. uh, there's also a government hearing, isn't there, in March? March could be a rather important month, I think, in this whole thing. Let's be honest. Um, back to your retirement quickly here. I mean, um, you spoke about it so well on, on the conference call earlier this week, but I mean, 
when you spoke to Bev originally and said, listen, I'm done. I, I can't do this. Now she convinced you otherwise to take some time. But I mean, how adamant were you? Were you just broken at that point saying, I just, I emotionally have nothing left. Is that the reason? Yeah. That meeting, like words will not, <laughs> will not do justice. It was, it, I just felt so hopeless when I walked out of that door. It's like, how, like, how do you move forward it's yeah it was just it was really tough and then just with like the thought of like youth programming and the future of women's soccer in Canada and like having been on the team for so long and seeing that we've taken steps backwards like Sinky and I were reminiscing the other night about how the program has gotten worse and the men's team is disqualified for a world cup like they were just went to a world cup and they're going to another one and we're just we're Olympic champions. How is this possible? Like as youth players, we had so many camps. We had residencies with the national team. We played so many international games in a year. I just, how is it that we're taking steps backwards when our product on the field and support for Canadian soccer has never been greater? That just doesn't, it just doesn't make sense to me. It's disappointing to hear because, you know, Sophie, you've been just absolutely amazing. And I know that that your career has meant so much to you and the team and certainly us following you that it's disappointing to see when it comes to the, you know, your twilight of your career that you're, you're, you're talking like this because really we honestly want to come on here and celebrate you and your career and the amazing things that you've done and you as a person as well, because we absolutely love you. So uh, let's talk about that a little bit. You know, what has it meant to you, the national team? Personally? Oh my gosh. It's been my life. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> um, no, there's, it's, I love this team. I, playing for Canada is something that brings so much joy and so much pride. Um, but I think one of the, the most amazing things about this team is the team, like the people that come through this program time and time and time again. Like when I first came on the team, I was just like, Oh my gosh, these are incredible human beings. And just want, like I, as a young player, I was like, Oh my gosh, I just want to be like a better person. Like I want to emulate them. And I think that has been like, like the bare minimum for the national team for so long is we have these just awesome humans who are, performing at such high levels. And so I think that just the friends I've made along the way, um, best friends for life at this point. Yeah. It's just so many memories, so many good times. I think we laugh. I think we could honestly, we should probably do a podcast or a book about all the crazy things we've lived through. Um, it's wild. <laughs> uh, I mean, I have to say that, you know, experiencing covering you guys after I retired from the television standpoint and being around you so often, I was like, that was one of the most enjoyable times of my career. And and the reason being is it, it's different. Our men's team, we get together once in a while. We keep in contact with each other. But you, you spend so much time with each other. You're like literally this family that is so incredibly tight and the, and this goes generational that it just continues mm-hmm. on. And it's, it's, it has to be because you spend incredible amounts of time together and you just, you can't help but be so closely knit. Yeah. But so before you jump in, that's another stark difference between the men's team and the women's team is the women want to be better people and want to be better human beings. And I know that mm-hmm. Craig, you and Jimmy never, ever had those conversations. <laughs> 
No, that's right. I mean, you no. guys. Stop. I'm making a joke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love that joke. <laughs> <laughs> that fell so flat. <laughs> yeah. I knew where you were going, but it had, a, it had an inch of truth there. So. No, it was close. I guess that hit too close <laughs> to home, right? <laughs> you guys are like, yeah, I really need to take a look in the mirror. Yeah, no, but uh, I couldn't wait to get away from those guys after a national team trip. Like, get me out of here now. <laughs> if, any, if any of your like you know secret stories in the women's side were almost half as appalling as the, these guys' stories, then you aren't good people. You're bad people as well. Well, I don't know their yeah. stories, so I can't speak to that. <laughs> <laughs> Amy, hey. Amy's got a lot of them. Hey, so if you do know how many caps you have, you uh, something over two hundred. Yeah, 219, I think, maybe. 218, according to this, the Canada Soccer website. Um, um, probably not accurate. But Wikipedia is not transparent. It's not transparent. <laughs> All right, do you know how many starts? Updated, 178 starts you had as well. Had, have. You're still ongoing, of course. Do you know how many goals you scored? Mm-mm. No. I love it when I see this always gets me like, you know, professional footballers, you know, international footballers have no idea about their personal stats. If it was Jimmy, me, I'd have them. Jimmy knows. I scored once. I scored once. <laughs> I'm going to say 20 goals. Yep. That's correct. 20 goals. 21 Ooh, assists. 20 goals. How many assists? 21. Well, that's not bad. Amy, you had how many goals, Amy? That's not bad. Oh, fuck off, Sharma. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You both play midfield, right? Just... I only had five. <laughs> not very good. Actually, I, I have a story. Um, before the 2007 World Cup, so Sophie, you were still, you'd been around the team for a wee while, but you were still the fresh-faced kind of newbie. And I my knee was fucked. Like, it was swollen and it wasn't great. And we were playing, I don't know if we were in Japan. We were definitely playing Japan. So I wasn't starting that game because my knee was puffy. And I gave you, and I don't know if you remember this, gave you a little pep talk in the room. And I was like, Soph, if you go out there and you play even close to what you do in the training pitch, like you're going to be lights out. Like just go out there and just run with it. You've got the talent and you can do it. And you went on and you fucking took my starting job before the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> you asshole. And you're still friends? Yeah, yeah. And and I asked Amy for her number when she oh. retired. I was retired though. No, you're the much better number thirteen. Nah. Yeah. Did you, you know? Did you know that you've broken someone's heart when you when you started that match? You crushed someone's dreams, uh, Amy. In this case, I did. I did feel bad. I didn't speak at that point when I was on the national team. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I remember at a camp we were in, we were playing a few games in, in Germany. And again, Soph didn't know a whole lot about her. And then Soph was paraded out to do media. And I was like, why is Soph? Like we barely heard Sophie say a sentence. <laughs> and then she's got fluent German. I was like, what is happening here? Surprise! That, that's, your first, that's, that's your first language, isn't it, uh, Sophie? Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, if if past is prologue, um, Sophie, you're looking for a new gig when you retire. Amy Walsh could be benched in a second. Oh, yeah. <laughs> clearly. Hey, we, we could have two female voices. We could know, as well. We could. we could easily fire Craig or Jimmy or me. Yes. Hey, I have a uh, feeling. I have a it. feeling Amy won't be saying, "Hey, so you're really great at podcasting." Right? <laughs> yeah, there, there will be no pep talks given at all. We yeah. we can't Love let Sophie miss her recovery here, though, eh? So if you've got recovery to get to, yeah. 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 
Yeah. Well, listen, Sophie, thank you so much for this. We we really enjoyed this. Good luck, not just with this tournament, but with the, the whole fight as well. We Listen, we're all football fans, number one. We want this thing solved, a solution found, and progress. And let's move on with home games before a World Cup and camps post-World Cups. Let's, let's get that sorted somehow. That's um, a dream. You've been very candid. I know there's only so much you can say, obviously, legally. But uh, thank you so much for this. We'll have you back on for sure uh, before the World Cup. And then when you replace Amy after the World Cup. <laughs> Amazing. Can't wait. Sorry, Amy. No, we're so, we're so proud of you guys, Soph, and we stand with you and we support you. And we can't wait to see because we know that you guys have so much to give against Brazil and, and Japan. We're with you. Thank you. That means the world. Um, and we also know that you guys have got our, got our backs. Um, we're going to put the best product we can out on the field. Um, but we're putting a lot of energy to the fight off the field as well. So we're going to get it sorted. Brilliant. That is Sophie Schmidt, legend of Love yourself. soccer. Love you too. Bye, guys. Thanks for having me on. Bye. Pleasure. Yeah, we'll have Sophie on again for sure. That was a really great chat. And obviously, like I said, I mean, there's only so much you can say, um, but I think she said plenty. And the solidarity and the emotion, the passion just, just you know, oozes through. And uh, mm-hmm. hopefully there's hope. I don't know, this light at the end of the tunnel, there has to be at some point. This will get done at some point, right? We, we know that. question is when. Um, but so many layers to this, this entire thing. One, one thing I want to just quickly address is, so the men and the women, they obviously are the faces of this whole thing. But it's so layered, this whole negotiation. What happens to the futsal team? What happens to the para team? Equal yeah. pay, equal... I mean, it, it's not quite as simple. It's just men and women, done. Let's move forward, right? These are complicated negotiations. I, I did, Charms, I did find it really interesting that there are probably like six or seven different issues and they're all being conflated into one. And that conflation makes people take sides. And obviously there's, you know, there's uh, nuance to all of this and a lot of gray, but part of that gray, and I, I'm going to use the word again, can disappear with the word transparency. And it just keeps, I mean... Sophie said a thousand things with her with her silence on I can't answer that right that promising though I thought didn't you mm. yeah I don't, don't look, worry, no. you guys uh, Craig always said with the CSA it's the hope that kills you right <laughs> are they it's like he you this is like 1980s the same stuff right the same stuff that has been complicated every year from from distribution of funding to average uh employee like you, the structure has always let you guys down and i'm i'm from ottawa the csa was out of ottawa i was very familiar with how those it was it was a bureaucracy and amateur bureaucracy and as yeah. track started to grow and i'm sure amy could talk about that this as track i was that age where Glenroy Gilbert, Donovan Bailey, all those guys, um, and like Charmaine Crooks, who's on the they were the they were the ones who built track and Canada athletics started to become running like a real uh you know professional a, uh, association. And Canada soccer never did. And a lot of these other associations never did. Hmm. So it's really interesting to me how a lot of these systemic issues have never ever been solved no solutions no transparency yeah. it's a consistent word hey amy greg greg kerfer uh, invested lots of money in the women's program 
Um, is he mm -hmm. still doing that? Are you aware? I don't know for certain. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that he still has a hand in there, but, you know, behind the scenes, because he's always operated that way. Um, I know still heavily involved in the women's side with the Whitecaps. Um, but, you know, whether, whether or not, uh, you know, that relationship with, with Bev has continued. I know he had a relationship with John when he was at the helm for the women. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, that's unfortunately because of the, the, the failure to, to properly govern at the national sports organization level. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's, it's been up to private citizens to, to step up and, and to help out. Mm -hmm. Like he, he bankrolled our uh, residential stay in Vancouver prior to, uh, well, during CONCACAF in 2006 and prior to the World Cup in 2007 and then the Beijing Olympics in 2008. We mm -hmm. stayed in, in places that he owned. And so we didn't have didn't have to pay, and then we all stayed together in, in residency. And I it think was, he's it he's involved, isn't he, Amy, with a Project Eighty, or he's thrown his hat, and there's certainly just support of Project Eight. Yep, That's absolutely. And and again, like the the sobering thought, and I've mentioned this before, but you know, Soph's talking about the youth teams and the youth structure when she was U twenty. And how many international games that she played, how many times they came together, how many times they got to be, you know, tested against really strong international sides and how important that is in your development. That's what we're losing out on here, you know, and uh, Project 8, it takes Diana, an ex-player herself, you know, one of the most storied players in sort of the history of, of the women's game in this country to create that. And what that's going to do for for Bev and for Emma Humphreys and for Cindy Tai, who are the the youth national team coaches, it's going to fill that gap in the youth development. And it takes an ex player to do it. Like it's you know, it, so we, we're talking about the greater issue of of equity and for these mm -hmm. women to stop being treated like second class citizens. Like mm -hmm. this is going to take sweeping change, not only in leadership, but in how these national sports organizations are run, not just for soccer, but hockey, gymnastics, and not even talking about the, the culture of abuse, how Canada soccer stood by, employed Bob Berarda, um, allowed him to keep coaching. Um, and, and that is just regular. That's what women have been forced to deal with. That has just been the status quo, that, that inherent power imbalance somebody gatekeeping their pathway to the national team. It, it does feel like an enlightenment in many ways right now, doesn't it? That, you know, we're all this is coming to the surface and you can't avoid it, nor should you. And no. hopefully change comes out of it. Um, but yeah, great chat with Sophie and she's welcome on any time. All right, switching gears now. Let's take it away, Danny Dickio. Are you ready? Yes, sir. DJ Melody. It's for DJs. It's for DJs. Footy Prime, it's Footy Prime, it's Footy Picks, it's Footy Picks, Footy Picks and Footy Prime, it's Footy Prime, it's Footy Picks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hopefully we uh, we have, <laughs> we rolled in the, the right music there, and otherwise we did a pretty good job ourselves, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't see my robot, it was very good. That was nice. Yeah, well, I did see it, I just, we didn't want to comment on how average it was. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, terrible. Ross Geller, it's like Ross Geller from Friends. Remember him and Monica did that yeah, dance? That's right. New Year's dance, the two brothers, the brother and sister dancing. Yeah. That was creepy. Um, um, we've got some games this weekend in the ooh. Premier League, yeah. which you can find on Fubo TV. Yeah. You should sign up, fubotv.com slash Prime. Yeah. 
by the way. Um, so the games are, we've got a Villa against Arsenal. Ooh, Unai Emery against Arsenal. Hmm. Brentford, Crystal Palace. Brentford, 10 games unbeaten. Wolves, Bournemouth. We've got Brighton, Fulham. Interesting one there. Everton against Leeds. That one might be the one to watch this weekend. Really intriguing. No manager yet for, for Leeds. Uh, Chelsea, Southampton. Yep. Newcastle, Liverpool. Juicy. Forest, Man City. Jimmy Brennan, excited about that one. It's United against Leicester. Spurs against West Ham. Um, all right, everyone. Do you have some picks, some bets? Where are you winning your money on North Star Bets this, this weekend? Jimmy, you picking Leicester again? Um, on the road at Old Trafford? No. <laughs> no. Not taking that one. What's your lock of the week, Jimmy? Jimmy Brennan, what is your lock of the week? I think I'm going to go with a uh, – I don't know why, but I'm, I'm, I've got a villa over in Arsenal. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Arsenal are, what, they've dropped points in three straight games now, I think? Mm-hmm. Uh, four, including the FA Cup. Four. So I think it maybe a draw or a win for Villa. Is it a wobble right now for Arsenal? I think it is a little bit of a wobble, and I think yeah. they have one more, one more game before they get on track. Is there any more satisfying word than wobble? It's a very good word for that. A wobble, yeah. You think of weeble wobble. What's a weeble wobble? And you the, know one of those things you punch and it kind of goes weeble wobble? And, and that is a song. <laughs> the song, weebles wobble, but that's we That's the sound it makes, down. those weeble wobble. Weeble wobble. It's actually that's what Craig's internet should be described as. Although it's been pretty good today. It has been. It's very good. Way to way to pull out all the stops for Soph, Craig. Yeah. He must have defragged his uh, computer, right, Craig? Was that what happened? You defragmented your computer. Is that still a thing? It is. Yeah. For Took out all the cat hair. <laughs> <laughs> that's out of my ears. <laughs> um, did, did you guys read that uh, De- Sean Dyche that's how you say his name right he can be the sixth manager to face 30 plus teams in the Prem and beat them all ooh good stat ooh, good stat I, I guess it's longevity stat. though he's been there for so many years right I guess mm-hmm. eventually it's going to happen mm-hmm. yeah is he, the, is he the who's got the most experience in the Premier League it probably is Sean Dyche right more than Klopp Klopp's oh, been yeah. there for six years Dyche was at Burnley for six I think wasn't it Longer than six, wasn't he? Uh, well, in the Premier League for six years. I think he was obviously he brought them up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Anyway, so Jimmy's got a villa. Um, Amy, any any juicy bets you want to recommend to the listeners to throw the yeah. hard-earned money at? I'm going to stick it to Jimmy and pick City over Forest. Mm. Why, why would you do that? <laughs> why would I pick that or why would I stick it to you? Both. I mean, why not, right? <laughs> you, thinking, people want value. I mean, that's a two for one there. I think Force is going to get something out of that game. I mean, they're they're unbeaten in seven league matches at home. I think so. That's good for Forest. But yeah. I mean, I mean, l- looking at City um, just the other day, I think it's hard to bet against that, right? And Charms, you were talking about the the Holland partnership and the. With uh, with De Bruyne, even though he's speaking of wobbles, hasn't been his best post World Cup. Great but it's hard though, to bet it? It, bet against them right now. They seem to be on the up. You can get a City win and over three and a half 
total goals for plus 185 on North Star. That's pretty decent. There's Ooh. some value for you. Yep. Forrest, Good you value did say, in that pie? Forrest, you did say City was going to win it, didn't you? Win the league? Yeah, City's going to win the they're going to win the title unfortunately for Arsenal fans. Do, will they be will they be in second place again this season? Or is this it? This is it. Now they've taken Arsenal this week. It's going to be a, a gradual ascendancy to the championship probably right at this point. There's a lot of football left. A lot. A lot of points for that wobble to continue it. Yeah. Uh, Craig, what do you got? Anything mm-hmm. jumps out to you? Chelsea, uh, Southampton, that's a lock. Is it a lock with Chelsea? Chelsea? should be, but it's not as if they're playing uh, champagne I'd, I'd probably Manchester United to beat Leicester and Chelsea. Oh, fun. Man, you oh. to be, uh, let's see if that's worth, shall we? Let's see if it's worth it or not. Let's go to North Star here. All right. So, uh, bear with me here. Uh, Premier League. So, you don't fancy your hammers? Would be much much value there. So, you want Chelsea, Craig? Did you say about his hammer? (laughs) You don't fancy your hammer? Never know. It's hammer out of the journey. So, Craig, sorry, Craig, you were saying you want Chelsea parlayed with uh, Man Don't fancy my hammers. (laughs) (laughs) No one does. No No value in that. No value in that. No value in that. You parlay Chelsea win with a man you win. It's uh, it's a um, plus one twenty five. That's not bad. You value. guys are assholes. <laughs> He's only got one paintball in that gun. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! What a prick. Yeah, half empty, half empty. <laughs> uh, hey, listen. One you were severely dehydrated during your power outage, so. <laughs> is yeah um, is that might be the reason puff of smoke those guns that just go bang the little flag comes out the flag like this <laughs> and it's a white flag <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah. Give that's, up. A good dis- that's a good description <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be so bad um, oh. Newcastle, Liverpool. Um, that's an interesting one. A draw looks good in this one. Newcastle have 10 draws in this season, although they are unbeaten in 17 overall. Whereas uh, Liverpool looked much better, I thought, against mm-hmm. uh, Everton. And Jota's back and Van Dijk should be back as well. So if you take the draw and under two and a half goals, I mean, it could be a low scoring affair because Newcastle's defense is fantastic. You can get that for plus 360, which is. That is value, legitimate value there. Mm-hmm. Um, Wonga, do you have one? Yeah, I, I do. I'm thinking uh, I like that. I would, First of all, I like the Tottenham-West Ham match just to – Tottenham's going to win. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. Come on. Why? Yeah. Sorry, I don't know. They're just, I, I like the way Kane's been playing. I don't know. And I think there's going to be no an over. Think that, no, you? it's just one of those things that look good to me on this <laughs> – such, a, such an original of... take on that game longer. Yeah. <laughs> Insight. You know, you know what would be transparency? I think, good, I think a good bet. I think a good bet would be Newcastle over Liverpool. Mm. And no. you know the, the last time Newcastle beat Liverpool was I think December some 6, 2015. They're oh, due wow. a win. They are it's due plus a win. one fifty five. So they're due it's, a win. Nice this could some, be some money there. And Liverpool's on a bit of a wobble. <laughs> okay, so have you, you just be Everton? What's your lock of the week, Jimmy? Is it the first one you talked about, the Southampton one? 
Was that Southampton? No, that was Craig who was talking about yeah. Chelsea. Southampton is a lock. Yeah, that's that's a lock. I think Chelsea's a lock. But if I'm going to say take a little gamble yeah. here and have a bet and make a few bucks, yes. I'm taking either Aston Villa or I'm taking Newcastle. Right. Okay. See, Jesse Marsh almost joined Southampton. Yes. Almost. But they in the end, he, he didn't want to join for six months. Went to a longer contract. So uh, they said, no thanks. Uh, Harry Redknapp, by the way, w- was linked with the Leeds Harry. job. He apparently came out somewhere and said, I, I, yeah, I told them that I want the Leeds job. How amazing would that be? I don't Harry care Redknapp. if it's successful or not. I would love to see Harry back in the Prem, Craig, hey? Your old boy, your old gaffer? Yeah. Craig's not a great podcast material. There. Yeah, it would be great to see him back in there. I don't know if he has the heart for it, but. Well, be interesting. They still haven't got a manager. So, um, as far as I look today, JC's here. Hey, JC. Looks like a garden gnome. You're <laughs> muted. <laughs> also, he's called himself late JC. So, are you still alive? Are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm dealing with Craig's internet. So. Oh. <laughs> we missed a great interview with Sophie Schmidt. She was brilliant. Yeah. I can yeah. feel it. Um, we should probably say farewell. Don't you think anything else you want to get to anyone? I have a lock on the, not okay. necessarily the games, but I have a lock on Jimmy having a bottle of wine to himself and consuming at least five episodes of Celebrity Love Boat. It's <laughs> a good bat. It's called That's That's 100% a lock. That I refuse done. to call it that, Charms. It's <laughs> no, I, I've, love got, I've got the over at about one and a half bottles, Amy. So he has to okay, drink Okay, so <laughs> we're betting on the alcohol consumed, not That's the right. amount of episodes. I like that. It good will value in that. Good value. It will definitely be a bottle of red tonight watching my show Below Deck. What your a Friday. Show. Jimmy, like have your so Fridays popular. changed over the years? Yeah. I'm a shadow <laughs> of myself now, Sean. <laughs> Do you have a cuddle pillow? Like a pillow you go to? Like you go uh, I have there. actually got a, you know, one of those little pull-outs. You just looked at it. Go bring it. Go get yeah. it. You looked at it. You locked eyes with it. <laughs> hey, baby. <laughs> Staring at me. Can I pull it out? A little hump, dry humps the couch. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Come on. Speaking of good value, there might be some good value in a dry hump. Yep. <laughs> Got a new uh, idea for a new show when Premier League footballers go wrong. <laughs> First episode, Jimmy Brennan and his pillow. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a true crime that pillow is going to have to. Yeah. Oh, you get the, uh, you get the, uh, the blue light. The, no, uh, blue no. light that you... no there, will, there will be no blue lights. <laughs> Oh dear God! Does anybody <laughs> want to come over for a sleepover? <laughs> Those hotel rooms, no. the covers. Oh God! <laughs> Awful. Anyway, that's probably a great way to end the show. We cover it all on this podcast, don't we? <laughs> all right, we're back on uh, Sunday. Thanks, everyone. Sophie Schmidt, thank you very much. Legend. Keep buying newspapers. Cheers for listening. Join the conversation on Twitter. Help us fill Wonger's mail sack at footy underscore prime. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.